0: longer to get started than usual I don't know if it's the cold weather or we're getting older and it just takes us I know Leland got here early so he could have time to warm up but um, I'm (laughs) I'm already turn on the fans it's ready to go yeah a little bit harder I've said for years that you know in all those church bulletins we've seen the preachers listed the elders are listed de- deacons are listed bible class teachers are listed the people waiting on the table the people that are going to prepare the communion everybody is listed the only guy that never makes they may never mention in the bulletin is who the guy who sets the, the, guy who sets the thermostat because they know that the people will burn his house down. That poor soul, nobody. That poor soul, nobody. All right, we're gonna, while we're getting all settled and we're gonna, let's take care of some housekeeping stuff so we won't have to uh, later, all right? Um, all kinds of things are going on with the, you've got those Christmas presents are not for use unless Catherine says so but Catherine made her hoodoo voodoo lotion that uh, helps flat tires <laughs> baldness I mean it's it's a cure for everything but it's really good stuff and uh, how many jars have you got left she made 75 but all 75 have been a sto- a sold or <laughs> stolen Oh, you made 30 extra jars. So if you want a jar, a, a super-duper lotion, uh, see Catherine. It's $10. And we like folks taking care of responsibly. And that's, Catherine's doing that, and it's helping with their Christmas. And it's also helping some other folks as well. So anything you can do that way. Her daughter, Danny, is a really good baker. And she had this idea of these gift boxes uh, full of candies and cookies and crackers and such i bought these first two but have opened them up to let you try the goods because i'm coming over to your house after you get yours and helping you do the same but try them and if you that little paper there you can put your name on the back and uh she will you can order how many ever you need to order okay all right what am i else what am i forgetting Let's talk about dates and things that are coming up. Our Wednesday nights, because of the way the holidays are, are uh, going to fall, our Wednesday nights are going to be normal, which is the first time in a long time. We're just going to, everything will stay normal for Wednesday nights. 5.30 will be supper. 6.30 will be Bible classes. 8 o'clock we'll have, uh, after the women and children go home, we'll have the old hairy-legged man study, okay? But on Sundays are going to be a little bit different here over the next few weeks. Uh, not everything will be normal next Sunday, right? What's the day, the 11th? 18th, yeah. But on Christmas Eve, there's some folks that are going to have, meet here for a devotional kind of thing. They're not going to be back here on Sunday. So on uh, Saturday afternoon, the 24th, one of our folks told me, said, Well, you know, my old church used to have a Christmas Eve Mass. So I said, we decided to have a Christmas Eve mess, which fits our group. We don't know a time yet. I think 4 o'clock. So folks can come and uh, spend some time together and then be home in time for supper and family and all that kind of stuff. We'll let you know. It'll be posted and all that kind of stuff. And then on Sunday, we'll just have one meeting, no Bible classes. One meeting, no Bible classes, and we'll meet at 10.30 have our our, uh, time to remember Jesus and to celebrate the life he gave us, and then we'll be dismissed. There won't be any other meetings that day, just that one, okay? Wednesdays will stay the same. Now, mark this one down. The 31st of December is a Saturday, uh, and we're going to do a Saturday morning boot camp kind of thing in the Proverbs. If you've been here very long at all, you know what we do in January. There's 31 chapters in Proverbs, 31 days in January, so we're going to match those. And every meeting we have on whatever day we have, we're going to study those Proverbs, all right? And so what we want to do, for those of you who are new, we, we picked 31 phrases, 31 verses out of all the Proverbs, that one verse out of each chapter, and we gave it a title, gave it a theme, and a bunch of us memorized them. Now, some of us are old and we memorized them and then forgot them. So we get to wake up in a new world every day. But that's the 31st, okay? That's Saturday the 31st. It'll be here. We'll start, well, I'll be here way early with coffee and donuts and that kind of stuff. Officially, we'll start at 9, but we're going to tell everybody 830 I'm going to tell the next meeting, 8.30. The third meeting, I'm going to tell them at 8, because y'all are the most punctual. This is the most punctual group. Zane, I need you to look at me just so I can smile. Um, it, you, you did great. We, Zane and I worked that out so I could make that point. Y'all are the most punctual group, so I don't have to tell y'all. The officially, we'll start at 9.00 but I'm going to tell everybody else eight, okay? Um, And we're going to, eight to noon, we're going to focus on the Proverbs and get those 30 statements down, and then we'll begin our study of the Proverbs on that Sunday the 1st, if God gives us that day. All right? All right. Okay. See, Catherine, uh, a masquerade recovery ball, okay? And for anybody who's going through recovery, and we, it doesn't take, we don't, you don't have to have been through it to understand how difficult that day can be. For folks that have had trouble either with alcohol or other substances, uh, trying to recover, trying to rebuild their lives, we want to have something that's going to be um, safe. And fun for the, all right, Anything else all right? Um, I'm old enough now that when I, when you st- when old people like me start remembering old times, uh, it's that we always make it seem like, oh, they were so much better, they were so much easier, they weren't so easy, and they weren't, not, weren't necessarily all that much better. But as, you're, as you get older, you forget some of those things and you remember the highest points. One thing, though, I have heard, and we're going to breathe out a little bit, just trust me with this, okay? One of the things that, for me, uh, he, as a kid, but then when I became the father, when I became the, uh, the one responsible for creating this family holiday time... Um, it was always, always, always something that was a, a blessing. Yeah, I enjoyed being with my family. I enjoyed my family coming together. And even after I blew my world up and messed all that up, when my, my kids were able to with me create a, 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 we call it a Papa Claus Day, and it's, it's as relaxed and as fun and as blessed as anything I can remember my parents ever doing for me. But I'm hearing over and over again. I'm talking to people, and of course, in my counseling and then just other places. There's a lot of t- you. I love you, but you are carrying a lot of tension. You're carrying a lot of tension about the holidays. That's a shame. I don't, I, and I don't know that I can change our culture, but I can give us a chance to breathe out. So let. trust me, just breathe out. Tell me what's, what is causing the most anxiety the most stress about your holiday time. started to feel like I'm I'm losing that. That's not something that I'm always gonna be able to do with them and I picked up the phone, I called my dad and we talked for a while and he said that's exactly how I felt when you took off with the girls. The brothers weren't here. We didn't have anybody to go and do those things with. It was alone. were never going to feel that because you were still so deep in your addiction. that you were never going to recognize you were losing those moments with your kids and your grandkids. He's like, so it's a good thing that right now. And it's, this is the way it's going to be. You will see them less and less. And they're going their own memories. They're on the time with their kids. Um, but it's still... We're gonna we're gonna spend a lot more time on this particular point in days to come. But I, anybody in this room, give me another situation where you feel this same thing. That's it's not just about a holiday. Because the moment I say it, you're going to go, oh, yeah. But I, I'd, I'd rather it come from your heart. You felt that same thing. You felt that same thing at some other time in your life. When was it? You mean if you're, you're losing your kids? Or if uh-huh. That you're losing, that things are changing. When they get married, when they uh, go to college. I tell you what, if you want to back up, back up, way back, they start walking. And they start talking, and they start doing things for themselves. I've heard it in my house, and have rebuked it every time I've heard it. And I will, and I'm fixing to go Old Testament on Catherine. Um, <laughs> uh, though I understand, though I understand that that's what life's supposed to be, y'all. They're not. I heard my uh, well, some people I know. I don't trust y'all. I have to know some people I know said, oh, I can't believe she's growing up so fast. I wish she would slow down. And I said, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't, I don't say those words. Have I enjoyed these two years? Like you can't imagine. Do I enjoy every day I get to play? You betcha. Can, you cannot imagine how much I enjoy it. But everything she learns to do, everything she learns to do better, everything she learns to do more, the more independent she becomes, what does it do for me? It shows me that she's going to be okay, that things are going to be good. Doesn't that make sense? So, so what we've got to learn to do is not what we're losing, but what they're gaining, right? You took them to school the first day, I bawled like a baby. I turned loose old David's hand and w- walked him into that school and le- left him in that classroom to a teacher that I didn't, I didn't think really knew just how special he was. Didn't understand just how smart Sherry was. Man, I bawl like a baby watching them do that. Well, wait till they learn to ride a bicycle, and then they learn to drive a car, and then they get married, and then they get get a career and move off to Ulagula somewhere. You're losing. No, 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 you're not losing. You're gonna miss them, but you're not losing anything. You're seeing God do amazing things. Isn't that what it was supposed to be? Didn't God even tell us that they were like arrows? In our quiver, and the only purpose for an arrow is to fly. And to, for an arrow to do what it has to do, you got to give it a good aim, and then you got to let it go. <laughs> I know what you feel. But I also know we're not losing, we're gaining. There's something, it's a transition for us, but we're gaining. Tell me what's causing the most tension. What's causing the most stress for you? I figured Gary did all the package wrapping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're not going to have that discussion yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, we can't because Melanie's not here, so we're all right. Go ahead, throw me under the mm-hmm. bus. All right. Uh, what causes the most stress? You've got a job that's, that's limiting your time. Make sure that this person has this gift and this person has this gift, and now I'm giving you what you want, and you're giving me what I want, and I'm just like, I, I feel like everything gets lost in, in that. Mm-hmm. Um, the true meaning of what we're, we're supposed to be remembering gets lost in all this sense of like having to do all this stuff. And I was going to let you breathe out a little bit longer, but Brad just said where we were going to transition. The significance, you and I know, we're grown-ups, we know that Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. We know that. History will just flat, I mean, no, we know that. And we know some things. We know some, we love the traditions of the nativity, but we don't, that's not, there's no real, that's not rooted in any kind of reality, any kind of history. Yes, he was wrapped in a cloth and laid in a manger, a feeding trough, But it doesn't say anything about a stable. It doesn't say anything about cattle lowing, midnight clear, silent night. And I've laughed forever about silent night. If there's a newborn baby, there's no silent to it. And angels are singing. That's going to wake the baby up. And then that little drummer boy, out of there now. Beat him with a stick if he wakes up that baby. The point is we've developed all of that. I love all that stuff. I love all that stuff. And the more people that talk about Jesus, the better I like it. Whenever they want to do it, however they want to do it, if they want to mention Jesus, I'm in. But there's a reason that we need to, there's a reason that the world needs to remember the birth of Jesus. And sometimes what we've done with holidays and made them, turned them into... Hell of a days is we've got we've forgotten the importance of it. We've forgotten what we really are trying to, con, to to have. That's what Brad was talking about. So you remember last week? Those of you here last week, last week, God's talking about the most important thing that was going to take place in human history. God is about to wrap himself up in flesh and be born of a virgin in Bethlehem. And before God ever addresses that. Matthew 1. Do you remember what he told us? What did he teach teach us? What did he tell us? Now we're going to be in Luke, so don't go to Matthew. You've got to remember it. What? The The family line. He talked about the people. Tell me one thing you remember about the people that God worked through from Adam and that boy that took Abel's place named Seth all the way through. What did we learn about those people? They're just like us. They're flawed. They got, They made messes. Some of them are brats. Some of them are a mess. Uh, and there's some, some... The new word now is, oh, well, he's a hot mess. She's a, I don't know what that means, but everybody is that. I'm here in, in counseling. That's what these folks were. They were a mess. They were just a mess in their life, right? And what did God do? He used them to bring Jesus to the world. And before he addressed the most significant thing that took place in human history, he talked about a guy named Joseph. He talked about a guy named Joseph who was a... Do you remember what it says? He was a righteous man. Righteous man means he's faithful. And I'm glad Bart said it. Most of the time when we say righteous, we talk about somebody who does everything Right. But you go back and look at the people that God called righteous. Noah, Abraham, Moses, David. They were righteous men, but they were flawed men. How, did they, how were they known as righteous? Because righteousness was by faith. Their faith in God is what God allowed God to count him. As. So Joseph was a man of faith. What, tell me one other thing we know about Joseph. Before we shift to Luke... Before we shift to Luke, tell me one more thing you learned about Joseph. I'm sorry? Now, all right, he was honorable. The text doesn't use the word honorable, but I agree with Linda. So tell me, what in the text makes you think he was honorable? He cared about Mary and her reputation. Even though he believed that she had violated her oath, He was going to divorce her, but he was going to do it privately. He was going to do it secretly. He wasn't going to get her in trouble. And then he obeyed that angel. He obeyed the word of the Lord. He was not with her in that way until after the baby was born. That's an honorable man. He was was not into... Oh, man. Listen to this. He was not into that relationship for what he could get out of it. He was into that relationship for what he could give to it. Are we? Did you hear anything there? Because I'm dealing with lots of young folks that are thinking about getting married and they can't see that they're into, well, is this person gonna take care of my needs? Is this person gonna give me what I want? Is this person gonna do for me what I need? When Joseph approached this situation, he wasn't getting anything out of this deal except responsibility. He was a faithful man, and he was an honorable man. I like that word. Before God ever talked about the most important thing that ever took place in human history, God becoming flesh, he talked about the people that he was going to entrust that baby to. Matthew chapter 1 talks about Joseph. Luke chapter 1 talks about Mary. I want you to go to Luke chapter 1. Find the place where it talks about Mary because I can't remember the verse. Verse 26. Verse 26. Tell me what you know about Mary. Tell me the first thing it says about Mary. She was a virgin. Gabriel goes to Nazareth and finds a virgin. Now, I'm not asking for biological, graphic definition. I'm asking for observation. I'm asking for reaction. In that world, which was not much different than ours as far as bad stuff taking place, for a young lady to be a virgin would have said something about her, would be said something about the way she was raised. What would it tell you? Yes, she's a good girl. What would it tell you about her? Probably obedient to what God, how God saw marriage. Okay. Honored marriage. She honored marriage. She was obedient to that God's view. Now, think, think, think. There are women in this room that made the same kind of decisions Mary did that did not enter into marriage and, t- and they were virgins when they entered into marriage. But there's something else. It wasn't just their... Think it through. It's not just their obedience to God that made that possible. Discipline. The ability to say no. Do, are we, we're not naive, are we? What does a young woman who has a husband, what does she dream about? What does she plan for? What does she want to be the case? She wants that love. She wants that relationship. She wants children. She wants all that, right? So does she have to exercise some kind of self-control, self-discipline? Yeah, because nobody's looking all the time, you know? So they respect for God, yes. But personal respect and desire to be right. There's one other. Oh, there's a bunch of more. I just want to see if you can pick up another one. It was the reason that many of us stayed good kids. Yeah. Respect for our parents, or, and I'm going to throw in a word. Some of it is respect for our parents. We don't want to bring our parents into any shame or afraid of our parents I'm holding up my hand I knew my mother and dad would find out whatever I did right it kept me people say well man you never did this you never did that no never did well you were a good kid no I was a scared kid I knew I knew my mom and dad would find out and lightning would strike the whole meaning of going Old Testament on somebody would have been fulfilled in them on me and I was not going to go through that but that's Mary in Mary, there was either that devotion to God that was so strong she didn't worry about these things, or she had that struggle, which I've got to believe, uh, if she was human at all, and she was, that she had that struggle. Now keep reading. She was a virgin, but she was a virgin that was betrothed. She was married. She was pledged to be married, some of your Bibles say. The actual word there, the actual thought is she was married. Really, they were married. They just hadn't, our culture say they hadn't gone on the honeymoon. Alright? And in our culture they hadn't been talking. I hear people all the time say, we'll be, we're talking. I say, what does that mean? And then they start telling me what that means. That's not talking. So, they hadn't been talking. Okay? They. They were but they were married as far as God was concerned. Now tell me what you know about her. Tell me what you know about her. You don't have to focus on her being a virgin. Just tell me what you know about her. She's, I want to know the reality of it. Take away the glowing in the dark. Take it away the, the nativity scene Christmas story and look at this girl real. She was a virgin and all that meant and she was betrothed to be married and all that meant. What did it mean? Had this idea of how things were supposed to work in our head. Okay now only ladies, only ladies can answer. Only wives can answer. If you've if you if you've been a wife you can answer this question. Do ladies, do young women who are about to get married have those kinds of plans? Yeah. How how early did you start planning? Baby dolls. Uh-huh. How early did you start planning? Honest confession. How many of you? How many? How many of you flipped through catalogs and magazines long before it was ever gonna happen and looked for wedding dresses or that kind of stuff? I want to see hands. You're gonna to have to confess this one. All right. And that's at twelve. I mean, you know <laughs> You plan these things you now, time out, can I say one thing aside so that when we're later we're in a counseling session and I have to mention this to you? Some of you are still young enough that you think everything that's supposed to take place in your marriage is supposed to be as romantic and as... You think romantic corresponds to spontaneous? Was your marriage plan spontaneous? No. Were your honeymoon plans spontaneous? Forget spontaneous. Preparation, preparation, expectation. That leads to lot. There's lots of good things that can come from that. The point is, this girl's a normal girl, and she's, she's exercised some self-control. She's got some respect, apparently, for God or for family, and she's an honorable woman that this guy is going to marry, or has been married to her, and they're going to build a family together. All of that is a normal thing. She's in a normal way. And then who shows up? God beams down into her world in the form of an angel named Gabriel and says to her, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Stop, stop. Some, some of you even do it now. If somebody looked at you and said, "You are highly favored," if somebody looked at you and said, "Like you're my favorite," if somebody said that, your reaction is, that, and yeah, and not really." That's you don't ever think really. You know what you think? What do you want? <laughs> What do you want? Or? You don't really know me. me. Or? Is it a joke? joke? Or? You say that to everybody. Do what? Be for real. real. Now, you don't argue with an angel, okay? So the angel says, you are God's favorite. And it troubled Mary. I, I can understand why. Mary was greatly troubled about his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be but the angel said to her don't be afraid Mary you found favor with God you'll be with a child and give birth to a son and you're to give him the name Jesus he'll be great and will be called son of the most high the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever his kingdom will never end stop stop in all the little Christmas plays and all the little movies and all the little books, when the angel says that to Mary, she says, what does Mary do? What's Mary's reaction in the plays, in the books, in the movies? It's like some just immediate, oh yes, and she bows down, maybe genuflex, and then it's, it's a go, Right? I love Mary. I love her because look at her response. Well, yeah, that's it. What? Are you kidding? Now look at her. Look at what she says. How will this be since I am? She's. I don't know. I don't know. I'll let you read it however you want to read it. But this shows attitude to me. If Mary had been. You know, African Americans should have done that head thing. Sandra, can you? Do, there you go. <laughs> White people can't do that. You hurt yourself if you try to do that. But you've seen, you've seen, you've seen mamas start looking. No, no. You, and oh, oh. you see they, their head goes one way, the arm goes the other way, and Mary is. Mary has an attitude. What? What are you talking about? I, I, and she, is, I think she's defending her honor. Is, can, does she have a right to be proud of her status? It doesn't just happen naturally, does it? it she has a right to defend her honor, and she. I mean, I'm not saying she's mean to the guy, but she wants to know what are you talking about? How how, how could that be? I'm I'm a virgin. Keep reading. And the angel said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born of you will be called the Son of God. Now stop. Well, look at the last phrase. Nothing is impossible with God. What I need you to know, and I, ladies, one more time, I'm going to ask for your response. You're told by an angel. You are a virgin, but and you're betrothed to be married, and you're told by an angel that you're going to have a child. You defend your honor. You question that. How is that possible? And he says to you, the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow you and you're going to conceive a child that is going to be called the Son of God. Your reaction? Scared. Not me. Why me? Why me? Let's keep going because there's several possibilities. And two women in here who grew up in church were the ones that thought that, that said that. And it would have been been my expression to, what are people going to think? There there was fear. What's going to happen to me when I start telling people? I come home. uh, Some of our ladies have been in this experience pregnant before marriage or pregnant at a time when they weren't married or had no possibility of marriage, who's the first person you tend to tell? Your mom. What's mom gonna say? Mama, this angel came to me. Listen, I don't care how handsome he was, he wasn't an angel, you know? What is Mom's reaction? Then you're gonna. You have to explain this to Joseph, to husband, and so you go explain it to husband. Joseph, I love you. I'm, I can't wait for us to be married. I, I dream about you. I want to be. I want to be your wife. I want to have a family with you. But how? What was Joseph's initial reaction? I'm out. I'm done don't don't make this a christmas story this was real life what happens well we we and we won't talk about it in detail just the trauma of exactly how does that, what does that mean that the holy spirit's going to overshadow her what exactly does that mean how is that going to really take place I, I don't understand any of this this is way beyond my imagination so she's got fear She's got grief because the moment she says yes to this, what goes away? The moment she says yes to this, what goes away? Her life as she's planned it since she was a little girl, her normal life goes away. What'd she say? Look at verse thirty eight. What'd she say? Why don't you look at the verse? I want you to read it so you know I'm not making it up. I am the Lord's servant. Stop. Before you ever hear anything else, what do you know that means? When she says, I'm the Lord's servant, what does it mean? I'm in. I'm in. It's going to cost me my figure. It's going to cost me a normal, normal situation with a husband. It's going to cost me, it could cost me my life. It's going to cost me what I've dreamed of all my life. And then she says, May it be to me as you have said. Put it in your words. Tell me what she said. Tell me what she said. I pushed, I'm, I made the guys do all of this last week. Now ladies, it's your turn. You, put it in your words. Put it in your words. Your will, not mine. We talked about it last week. I, it's no wonder that Jesus learned to pray. Not my will, but your will be done cause his dad said the same thing and his mama said the same thing put it in your words it is what it is put it in your words i don't really understand all would it would it sound familiar Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will make your path straight. Put it in your words. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Go with it. I'm ready to go with it. Believe the unbelievable. Sue? last call, what would you have said? Your words. How would you have said this? And I understand what Randy meant. No choice. But we do have a choice though. You just you have sometimes in the desperate situation, desperate for her desire to follow the Lord but how about desperate maybe for our hope. I don't know if she understood any of that but don't we thank God that she said be it unto me May it be to me according to your words. Here's what I want us to do while we remember Jesus. While we remember Jesus, I want us to to examine our own hearts and us put ourselves in that same place. I don't know what it'll be. I I have no expectation of virgin births. I have no expectations of getting visions from the Lord about to do this or that with a wife. That's not what I'm talking about. But there are things that God puts in our lives from time to time that are real. And they change what we believe is going to be our normal life. It changes all of that. And we've got to start all over again. So let's remember Jesus. His prayer was not my will, but your will. Mo- Joseph's prayer, I keep calling him Moses. Joseph's prayer was my will, not my will, but your will. Mary did the same thing. Nothing else today. Let's just pray that prayer and then open up our hearts, open up the door to God to do with us whatever he chooses to do, however he chooses to do it. I am the Lord's servant, and may it be to me according to your word.